You're listening to the Jewel City Podcast. You can join us in person Sundays at 10 a.m. or 6 p.m. We have something for all people and all ages. Or join our live stream at 10 a.m. In this podcast, we'll hear a message from Pastor Robert. We're in our third week and I've been teaching, so I'm going to try to uh, keep the preach down a little bit and, and teach. And it's been a it's been a refreshing time for me during the week in my office just preparing and, and studying. So we're in the third week of what we call spiritual boot camp. And the Lord Jesus Christ has already defeated our enemy hands down. Do you hear me? Already. The battle has already been won. The fight is fixed. You and I that are believers in Jesus Christ are overcomers. Our name is written in the Lamb's book of life. Heaven is our home. The enemy cannot stop anything that God has already done on the cross. Someone give God a hand clap and a shout of praise. But however, somebody say however, he has left it up to each one of us to fight every single day in the trenches uh, to secure the victory that God has already won in the heavens. And if you have in your mind that once you come to know the Lord Jesus Christ, that everything's gonna be peachy, creachy, or peachy, creamy, hunky-dory, then you are totally confused. Do you hear me? Because every single day, I stand, I'm privileged to stand here before you every Sunday morning, but let me tell you, I've got battles that I have to fight also. Do you hear? me. How many's been in a battle recently? Would you raise your hand? Uh, oh my God, help us. How many's in a battle right now? Raise both hands. Uh, how many feel like you've just been born to stay in a battle? Raise both hands and both feet, all right? So anyhow, victory is ours uh, if we fight for it. So look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, I don't mind fighting. So once that you and I are saved, and I, don't, and I wanna share something because some people when I say that, they don't know what that means, Andy. They're unchurched, they don't know. I was raised in a church, but for us that are saved, saved people are sinners uh, that realize they were sinners uh, and heard about the gospel of Jesus and the Holy Spirit touched their heart and began to draw them and they acknowledged that they were lost, they had sinned, they had come short of the, the glory of God and they asked God to forgive them. So that is a saved person. So once we are saved, there is always a battle between the old man and the new man. I'm telling you, that battle never quits. Uh, I asked a friend of mine one time a question, uh, something like, you know, when does this battle specifically in this area stop? And he's much older than me. And he looked at me and said, you need to find somebody and ask them that same question. That's a lot older than I am. Did you get that? I guess not, all right? So this is why we need teaching like Paul gives us in the book of Ephesians. So allow me to read Ephesians chapter three, verse one. For this cause, and I didn't understand that. So I underlined it. So for this call, I, Paul, Paul, he's the writer here. He says, the prisoner of Jesus Christ, I, Paul, the prisoner of Jesus Christ for you Gentiles. Gentile is a Christian who is not a Jew. Do you hear me? 
So if you have heard of the dispensation of the grace of God, which is given to me, to you were for this cause. Paul existed, what he's saying, to serve Christ for this cause. He says that he was a prisoner of Jesus Christ. And when he wrote this, that he was a prisoner, actually, he literally was a prisoner in Rome while he's penning this letter that you and I have the privilege to read today. He was there because he was enslaved to Christ, enslaved to the point that he would bear any suffering and to share any suffering at all, even death, to share the name of Jesus Christ. Incredible. Even if it meant imprisonment and death, I don't have it too bad. Do you hear me? None of us have it too bad. That verse two, it says dispensation, means stewardship, means management, means administration, it means ownership. Paul was given the duty, listen to this, to oversee and to administer the grace of God to the world. You and I are given that responsibility to be stewards, to administer to a lost and dying world the grace of God. I can tell you if it wasn't for the grace of God, I wouldn't be alive today. If it wasn't for the grace of God, I wouldn't be standing here today. If it wasn't for the grace of God, I wouldn't be saved, sanctified, set apart, and on my way to heaven if it wasn't for the grace of God. Somebody, if you're thankful for the grace of God, give God a hand clap. Let me read verse one for for this cause, I need to read it again, for this cause, I, Paul, the prisoner of Jesus Christ for you Gentiles. Paul was not forced to be a prisoner of Jesus Christ. He chose, he chose to become that. He chose from the very first moment of his encounter with the Lord on the road to Damascus, he was on his way to persecute and to beat to death kill and destroy Christians, but all of a sudden, uh, something happened. Uh, God touched him from heaven above, and from that day forward, he enlisted into the army of God, and he said, I'm not only enlisted, but I'm gonna finish. Uh, I'm gonna fight the good fight. I'm gonna run the race. Do you hear me? He was not a force to be enslaved. He said, I'll sign up. Do you hear me? Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, are you signed up? From that first moment, his encounter with the Lord, Paul signed up for hardships, hardships. In Acts chapter nine, verse five, and he said, who art thou, Lord? And the Lord said, I am Jesus, whom thou hast persecuted, and it is hard for thee to kick against the pricks. He's saying here, it is dangerous. It's gonna turn out bad for you. If you just keep refusing me, you're gonna have it worse and worse and worse. How about you today? Today, by God's grace, you're able to come into the family of God. Why would you want it to continue to get worse and worse in your life? 
Jesus said in Acts chapter nine, verse 16, for I will show him how great things he must suffer for my sake. Faith in Christ brings great blessings, man. We sign up for that, don't we? But can I tell you, it often brings suffering. Suffering. God calls us to commitment. God doesn't call us to comfort. There'll be battles in your life. There'll be struggles. You might as well expect it. But he promises to be with us through the suffering. He said, I'll never leave you. And I'll never forsake you. He is a God that will not allow on you more than you are able to bear. Do you hear me? Even when I held a woman at her son's casket on Friday, son 41, and, and I said these words sometimes, Myrna, I don't have the words. But can I tell you, all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit raised up in me, and it wasn't my words but it was the Holy Spirit speaking to her. Well, I pray to God that I never have to walk that walk and bury one of my children. But I'm gonna tell you, if I ever have to go down that road, I will stand and I will trust and I will believe that God Almighty is still God Almighty and God is worthy of our praise no matter what happens on this side of heaven. Give God a hand clap and a shout of praise. So let's go back to Ephesians chapter three, verse one. For this cause I, Paul, the prisoner of Jesus Christ, for you Gentiles, for you Gentiles. Paul, he had a Jewish pedigree, but he became a prisoner on behalf of the Gentiles. Paul wouldn't even speak to the Gentiles before, but what happens when Jesus touches your life? You'll reach across the aisle, do you hear me? You'll talk to somebody that you wouldn't talk to before. In Ephesians chapter three, verse three, how that by revelation he made known unto me the mystery as I wrote a four in few words, mystery. It was made known by revelation. What was the revelation? It came from Christ, do you hear me? The mystery, what is the mystery? It's the truth revealed by God. The truth would have remained a mystery if God had not acted and revealed that to Paul and the other apostles. Oh, we, we've got it right here. We've got the gospel, do you hear me? The mystery he spoke of was that the Gentiles are now family members of the church in Jesus through the gospel. So we were Gentiles. But now we are saved, do you hear me? We are in the family of God. We have been adopted. God has made a way through the Lord Jesus Christ. If you're thankful for that, give God a hand clap. So the church, the church is the mystery. Now listen, the carnal man, oh man, and, and there's a young lady here that I had a discussion with, I'm, I'm certain they're here today, and, and she was concerned about some of her friends. I, I believe this is for all of us, but it's for you today. Unbelievers, they, they can't understand the word of God. Do you hear me? 
The carnal mind cannot understand the written word of God. If you are here today and you have never humbled yourself and prayed and asked Christ to forgive you, then the Holy Spirit does not live with inside of you and you cannot understand the written word of God. But once God comes alive inside of you, he manifests his presence and he explains and teaches you what the word of God means. Do you understand? So unbelievers think that the teaching and the scriptures are ridiculous. Now let me tell you something, I'll see you. You know who I'm talking to. So they think it's ridiculous, and I'm gonna say something, and they should. You hear what I'm saying? And they should, because they don't have the ability to understand it. So instead of King James and them to death, you gotta love them to death. And you gotta let them see, don't tell them, okay? Show them. Show them the change in your life. Because if not, they're gonna think you are serial Christians. Fruit, flakes, and nuts. You got it? You got it? You got it. I said, do, do you got it? Anybody got it? All right, let's move on. Say, say move on. In scripture, I love this. A mystery is not something hidden. A mystery is something revealed. It's a revelation. Do you understand what I'm saying? And a lifestyle of worship brings revelation. And I'm not talking about what we just did. Worship is a lifestyle. Worship is every day. And when I was reading this in a commentary, I thought to myself, it's been a lifetime for me worshiping God. And every day I get a new revelation. Jimmy, we couldn't handle it if he gave it to us all at once. We couldn't handle it. I remember when my Aunt Opal passed away and she was just, her mind was incredible with the scriptures. And I said to her, I said, Aunt Opal, I wish I could reach inside of your head and pull out that and place it into my mind and into my heart. And she said, you know, it doesn't work that way. It's a lifetime. It's a lifetime. Have you enlisted for a lifetime? Have you enlisted for a lifetime? I'll say it again. Have you enlisted, enlisted? Listen to me. A lifestyle will bring revelation. In Ephesians, let's go to Ephesians chapter three, verse five. Which in other ages was not made known unto the sons of men as it is now revealed unto his holy apostles and prophets by the Spirit. We, church, you need to hear me. We are highly privileged to live in the church age that we live in today. Do you hear me? It is a privilege to live in the church age today and have the New Testament and know from the beginning to the end what God is going to do. It is a privilege to come to God's house. It is a privilege to say, hey, I am a born again son or daughter of God and God oversees my life. It is a privilege. At least give God a hand clap and a shout of praise. So we the Gentiles are fellow heirs of God with the Jews. 
Because here's what scripture declares, and I don't think I gave this to the media, but in John 14 and 22, for salvation is of the Jews. Before Jesus Christ, if a person wished to be saved, they had to approach, approach God through the Jewish religion. Now, everyone now that wants to approach God can go face to face with God through the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, and that, that blows my mind. And I am so thankful that I don't have to go through a priest. I don't have to go through a pastor. I don't have to go through nobody. I can get down on my face before God and I can say, God, here I am. He knows my name. I know his voice uh, and I can talk to him. It is a privilege. Uh, it's a privilege to be able to talk to some uh, uh, politician maybe or, or someone famous. Uh, oh, we get all excited. We'd like to have a selfie with them. But I'm telling you today, you can get along with God and you can get face to face with God and you can talk to God and God will do you better than anybody else will ever do you. I said you can get alone, uh, make room for God uh, and say, God, uh, I want to talk to you and then shut up once in a while and listen when God talks back. I said we are privileged today to be able to talk to the creator of all. Give God a hand clap and a shout of praise. Oh, come on somebody. Woo! Ephesians chapter three, that the Gentiles should be fellow heirs and of the same body and partakers of his promise in Christ by the gospel. God, God broke all protocol. Listen to me, God broke all protocol in saving the Gentiles. Listen to what Jesus says in Luke chapter 14, verse 16. Then said he unto him, a certain man made a great supper and bade many, and he sent his servant at supper time to say to them that were bidden, come, for all things are now ready. And they all with one consent began to make excuse. The first said unto him, I have bought a piece of ground and I must needs go and see it. I pray thee, have me excused. And another said, I've bought five yoke of oxen and I go to prove them and I pray thee, have me excused. And another said, I have married a wife, and now therefore I cannot come. Hmm, she's already boss. Come on guys, look right at me. You know you're scared to look at her. <laughs> This is a pretty serious message and I asked the Lord, Lord, do you got to give me something to make them laugh? So now that servant came and showed his Lord these things. Then the master of the house being angry said to his servant, go out quickly into the streets and lanes of the city and bring in hither the poor, the maimed, the halt and the blind. And the servant said, Lord, it is done as thou hast commanded and yet and yet, and yet there is room. And the Lord said unto the servant, go out into the highways and the hedges and compel them to come in that my house may be 
filled. For I say unto you that none of those men which were bidden shall taste of my supper. So let me explain a little couple things here. It was customary to send two invitations during this time to a party. The first was to announce it, and the second was to let the, the guests know that everything was ready. So the guest here insulted the host in Jesus' story by making excuses of why they could not come. In Israel's history, God's first invitation came from Moses and the prophets. Now the second came from his son, Jesus. What is your excuse? Well, I'm just not ready. I still got wild oats to sow. Oh, I will before I die. Oh, I'm busy. They accepted the first, but they refused his son, Jesus. Do you hear me? Them that were bidden were the Jews, the poor, the maimed, the halt, the blind, the Gentiles. But he says, yet there is room. He says, go out into the highways and to the hedges. So let's go back to Ephesians chapter three, verse seven. Wherefore I was made a minister according to the gift of the grace of God given unto me by the effectual working of his power. Paul is referring to his miraculous conversion. If God, Anthony, could touch a murderer and use him to be a minister and to write two-thirds of the New Testament, what can God do in your life, Rusty? In my life, think about it. I don't know your heart. I don't know what you brought in here today. But I'll tell you what you can take out of here today. You can take out of here forgiveness. And you can walk. He who the Son sets free is free indeed. Someone give God a hand clap. Paul's greatest glory was God's call on his life and God's work. It might get real quiet in here, but God did not have to persuade Paul to be a minister. Paul did not have to have a next step director to come out and persuade people to get involved. And I didn't take time to list the scriptures, but it's there. God didn't have to persuade Paul to minister, to teach, to sing, to visit, to administer the affairs of the church, and he didn't have to persuade him to give his money. He didn't have to. Paul saw working and serving God as a privilege above anything else, and it's just not for the pastor. Every born again in this room, it is a privilege to be able to serve God above anything else. Ephesians chapter three, verse eight. I feel like I'm giving the whole loaf of bread this morning. Some of you know what I'm talking about. Ephesians chapter three, verse eight. Unto me, 
Listen to what he writes. Who am less than the least of all saints. Is this grace given that I should preach among the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ? I want you to note here in verse eight, Paul's uttering humility. I love it. He is so humble. Right here he said, I am less than the least of all saints. That's the grace that's been given to me. That's something that we all need, do you hear me? Is to be humble. Humility is a good thing. Can someone say amen? So Paul stood in awe that God would save a murderer of Christians and call him to be an apostle. First Corinthians 15 and nine, Paul says, for I am the least of the apostles that am not meet to be called an apostle because I persecuted the church of God. In 1 Timothy 1 and 15, this is a faithful saying and worthy of all exception that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of whom I am chief. Look at your life. And God knows everything about us and he still loves us. He still loves us. Stand with me this morning. And to me, let's go to Ephesians 9. And to make all men see what is the fellowship of the mystery, which from the beginning of the world hath been hid in God who created all things by Jesus. The salvation in Christ, it caused Paul to become a dynamic witness and a dynamic evangelist. The mystery is salvation. Salvation. If you're not saved today, you're going to be given that opportunity. Let's look at Ephesians 3 in chapter, Ephesians chapter 3, verse 10. To the intent that now unto the principalities and powers in heavenly places might be, might be known by the church the manifold wisdom of God. The mystery of Christ profoundly affects believers. When I figured out the mystery, and salvation and how God had saved my soul. It changed my whole life, Pastor Rita. John, it changed my life. Did it change yours, John? Did it change yours, Johnny? Andy, it changed yours? You ain't never been the same. I know you was real quiet when you was young. Yeah, you believe that? I'll sell you some swamp, man. So what was hidden before is revealed now. Matthew chapter four, verse four, but he answered and said, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. You can't make it without the word of God. Do you hear me? You will starve. We've been on this healthy diet, eating tree bark and butterflies and all that kind of stuff. And I dream at night about a big pizza that just swallowed me. That's just a joke, I didn't really do that. But it's the word of God that'll change your life. Kelly, it's the word, you hear me? Isaiah 55 and 11, so shall my word be that goeth forth out of my mouth, it shall not return unto me void, but it shall accomplish that which I please, and it shall prosper in the things whereto I sent it. When God says something, his word continues to work. 
God spoke a word 30 years ago that Jewel City would be birthed and God's word birthed it and, and it's still, still being used today. God spoke a word over Cameron. God gave you a vision. God only did not work just then in the past, but in the present and in the future, in the future. We're gonna be standing for a few minutes. So bear with me, when God says something, his word continues to work. Ephesians chapter three, verse 11, according to the eternal purpose, which he purposed in Christ Jesus, our Lord. It's always been God's plan to, from the beginning to reveal the mystery through Jesus Christ. I want you to catch this and I wish I would have thought of it, but I didn't, but I read it in the commentary. What happens to you as the child of God in time was predestined in eternity. Think about that. God didn't just redeem you in time, but in eternity. Revelation 13 and eight says, the lamb slain from the foundation of the world. So God fixed it in eternity and then he manifested it in time. <laughs> That's why it's only a matter of time, church, before God brings us out of our troubles. It's only a matter of time because he fixed it in eternity. I hope that makes sense. Ephesians chapter three, verse 12. In him we have boldness, listen, boldness. In him we also have access with confidence by the faith of him. Did not say by the faith of us. Let me read it again. In him we have boldness and we have access with confidence by the faith of him. So Paul offers two amazing benefits for believers in Christ. First is boldness. Boldness implies confidence, freedom, and clarity. The second benefit, Paul notes we have access with confidence. We have a way to the Father through Jesus Christ. Don't be afraid of God. Don't be afraid of God. Talk with him, George Ann, about everything. Don't be afraid of God. Now, if you remember, man, you gotta get this. In Him, we have boldness and access with confidence by the faith of Him. By the faith of Him. So we live by His faith. He lives with inside of us, right? Now listen to this. Paul writes in Galatians chapter two, verse 20. I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but Christ liveth in me and the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith oh, of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Wow. So let me give you an example. Think about this. The only thing alive when they laid the Lord Jesus in the tomb was the words that he had spoken by faith. I'm gonna say it again. The only thing alive when they laid Jesus in the tomb was the words 
that he had spoken by faith. He said these words, you can tear this temple down, but on the third day, I'll raise it up again. Everything that was in the tomb when they laid him was dead. Do you hear me? Except the words that he had spoken. You got it? <laughs> Woo! And when God speaks, predestined in eternity, fixed and manifested on the third day. Do you hear what I'm saying? Your words, your faith. I wouldn't even want to say this today. You know, it's been three years since I had them strokes and uh, I went this week and got an ultrasound and we got, we got the report last night and it really wasn't a report that I wanted to hear. And, and we really don't know. I called my doctor with personal friends and I called him. He said, hey, I'm gonna get you into Morgantown. And you know, it just, little things like that, it'll start to get in your mind, you know. But I've learned to come and lay before God because His faith lives in me. And it will be well. It will be all right. You hear me? Give God a hand clap and a shout of praise. Many times, many times, many times, our faith and our confidence in His Word is all that we have during our troubles and our trials. Many times. Many times it's dark and you can't see nothing, but you got that Word inside of you. And that faith comes alive, do you hear me? It meant everything for me this morning. My wife was in the office, Pastor Aaron. Aaron's not my wife, all right? But he had prayed for me earlier and, and my wife came in uh, and I always, when she walks through the door, I said, man, you're looking good. You know, I tell her every week. And uh, we talked a little bit and I said, it's on my mind. And, she left and no more than shut the door. She turned and came back and took me by the hand and said, let's pray that that would be released from your mind. And I ain't worried at all. Ain't worried at all. So Psalms 9 and 9 said, the Lord also will be a refuge for the oppressed, a refuge in times of trouble. Psalms 46 and 1, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in the time of trouble. How many feel like you're in trouble today? You got some trouble in your life. Activate your faith. Activate the faith that God has given you. So without the resurrection of Jesus, we would have no proof that his faith actually works. Think about that. Without the resurrection of Jesus, we would have no proof that his faith actually works. But they laid him in the tomb and he'd already spoken on the third day, third day, I'll raise up again. Listen to John 2 and 19, Jesus answered and said unto them, destroy the temple and in three days I will raise it up. 1 Corinthians 15 and 17, and if Christ not be raised, your faith is vain you are yet in your sins. Ephesians 3:14. For this cause, Paul writes, I bow my knees unto the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, 
the prayer was specific because it was a specific purpose for the cause. For the cause refers back to the eternal plan of God, great salvation and birth of the church. No greater thing has ever been birthed than the church. Do you hear me? The church. I'm gonna say this, no greater building or group in a community than the church. The church is more important than the VFW. The church is more important than the American Legion. The church is more important than the schoolhouse or the White House or the outhouse. Do you hear me? There's nothing, nothing more important than the church. I'm not talking this building. I'm talking about the church, the family of God. You take all of us out of this world. Brother, you think it's messed up now? You could kiss it all goodbye. Thank God for the church and thank God that you are a part of the church. Thank God that you are a part of the church. Paul is in awe of the plan of God. I'm gonna give you the whole loaf. Ephesians 3 and 15, of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named. The whole family. And I got to thinking about that and I got to reading about that. The church is worldwide. It's not just your city. It's all so bigger than now, it reaches back to the past as far as it can go. And it reaches to the future when you and I are long gone and Christ is still tarried and he has not come. The church is incredible. You think about all the saints of God that we know that are there. The church is a host of saints and even angels. Heaven, what a wonderful place it will be. Ephesians 3 and 16, that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might by his spirit in the inner man. That's why we're in spiritual battle. That's why we're in training, do you hear me? That he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might by his spirit in the inner man. Inner man, inner man. Boy, I'm gonna get on someone's porch here. It didn't say inner child, it said inner man. God expects you and I to mature. Do you hear me? God expects us to grow up. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, you need to grow up. The inner man, Ephesians 3 and 17, that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith, that you being rooted and grounded in love, dwell. God wants to dwell in our hearts just like it's home and he's comfortable. Verse 17, rooted and grounded, securely fixed. Verse 19, and to know the love of Christ which passes knowledge. To know the love. The love of Christ, Jim, passes all the knowledge. It's just love. And be filled with all the fullness of God. Amen, I promise, I'm, I got two verses. Ephesians 3 and 20. Now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that worketh in us. His power is in us. And God is able to do exceedingly and abundantly more than I can think, ask, or imagine. And when I look about what God has done, not the buildings, but the people, God is able to do above anything we can think or imagine. So that tells me God is able to change your life.
giving himself a praise. God's power is over the top, over the top. God's power, God is able to do what we ask exceedingly. It means to surpass, to surpass what you've asked for this project that's coming up in November. God is not just going to meet your needs, but God will surpass. You keep the love of Christ in your heart. You keep God at the center of your focus and you watch God abundantly overflow and do a great work in this project, but not just this project, but for eternity. Why you all give God a hand clap and a shout of praise. Abundantly means to overflow, to do more than enough. Above means to go above, over, and beyond any need. Ephesians 3 and 21, and I'm done. Because he's done. Unto him, unto him, unto him, be glory in the church by Christ Jesus throughout all the ages, world without end. Throughout all the ages, world without end, amen. To Him be the glory. I said to Him be the glory. I said to Him be the glory. It ain't about me, it ain't about you, it ain't what you think, it's not what you've done, it's not what you've done, it's not what I can do. I said to Him, be the glory. Can somebody give God some glory in the house today? Come on, church. Bless His holy name. Bless His holy name. God, there's nobody like you. Woo! Woo! Turn around and high five three people. Turn around, high five somebody. Huh? Huh? Woo! Oh, my. My, 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 my. My, my, my. Every head bowed. Every eye closed. Whew. Maybe you don't understand it. But today you want to receive. You want to receive Christ that will bring revelation and change your life. Right where you're at this morning. Be honest with yourself. Are you in a relationship? Are you in a relationship with Jesus? Or has it all been religion and tradition? Are you honestly in a relationship with Jesus? Have, have you acknowledged that you've sinned? Have you acknowledged that He's the Lord and Savior of the world? And if you have not, right where you're at right now, every head is bowed and I'm not going to drag you down here. Slip up your hand real high and say, Pastor, today, today, right now, I see your hand clear in the back, sir. Somebody else, somebody else. Hold your hand up high, church. I can't, I can't see you sometimes. Somebody else, somebody else, somebody else, somebody else. Hold your hand up high. Is there another would say, today I'd like to give my life to Christ. Is there one more? Is there another? I, I don't want to drag it out, but I don't want to cut it off. Yes, I see your hand. I see your hand, sir. 
Hallelujah! Somebody else this morning, you'd like to surrender. You'd like to say, Jesus, here I am. Jesus, here I am. Save me, Lord. Save me. Is there another in the house? Is there another? Is there another? I see that hand right there. Yes. Yes, yes, I see your hand. Hallelujah. Yes, ma'am. Yes. Somebody else. Somebody else. Somebody else. Somebody else. Somebody else. Somebody else. I see your hand, ma'am. Yes. Wow, these are these are grown adults. Grown adults coming into the kingdom by teaching the word. Hallelujah. Somebody else. Somebody else. Somebody else. Somebody else. Somebody else. And as every head is bowed and every eye is closed, if you raise your hand, I want you to look right at me. Put your head up. That's right, sir. That's right, ma'am. That's right. Don't be ashamed. I want you to pray this out loud with me. Or somebody within five, ten feet of you can hear you. Okay? Make a public confession. Pray this prayer and mean it from your heart. Lord Jesus, today I bow before you and I acknowledge that you're the King of glory. And I ask you, Lord, forgive me of my sins. Jesus, cleanse me. And Lord, I'm sorry. And I repent of my sins and I'm turning from that lifestyle. Now, Lord, teach me how to be a follower of you, Lord. In Jesus' name I pray, and amen. Can we give God a hand clap? Can we give God a hand clap? Say, can we give God a hand? Bless the Lord, bless the Lord. Listen to me, if you prayed that prayer today, we welcome you to the family of God, but listen, you will be in a battle the rest of your life. I'm just being on. You say, hey, Pastor, you're scaring them people off. No, I'm telling you the truth. You're going to be in a battle the rest of your life. But he said he'd always be there with you. And it's through the battle that we grow. It's through the battle that that faith grows, God's faith that's in us. And we walk. if we never had a battle, we'd never know he, he could bring us out. All right? So listen, it's not a one and done. It's not a fire escape. It's a commitment, it's a lifestyle. So you need to be faithful to the house of God. You need to be faithful to pray. You say, I don't know how to pray. You talk, you talk, all right? Get in the book of John. Someone's bringing you a Bible as, as I speak. Get in the book of John, reach out and watch God do great things in your life. Thank you for listening to the Jewel City Podcast. You can join us in person Sundays at 10 a.m. or 6 p.m. We have something for all people and all ages. Or join our live stream at 10 a.m. 